Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you live from COG Studios. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, getting you ready for the LA Galaxy's long trip across the country to play Atlanta United this Saturday. So a bunch of news to cover on that front for sure. We have uh, Christian Pavone rumors, because why not? Um, it's still alive, as far as I can tell. It could be dead. I don't know. If this podcast is more than 10 minutes old, it's completely obsolete whenever it comes to Christian Pavone, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Get that. Uh, we have a lot of fun things. Zlatan and the Disco, that's going to be a fun one as well. And then a little MLS All-Star game and some other LA Galaxy news, including your injury update as we get you ready for that game on Saturday. Uh, LA Galaxy coming off a 4-0 loss to the Portland Timbers. That's something, of course, that I'm sure will be a, uh, a thread, a string through this entire podcast. But to help me rock and roll through this podcast, Eric the Portuguese Hammer off tonight. We got a wonderful replacement. She's back after her, her very first debut here on the podcast. She actually hit the camera on her on her paper throw. If you've never watched the live show, you're missing out on the paper throw at the end there. But uh, she's back. She's here. It's Miss uh, Sophie Nicolau. Sophie, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to have you on, as always. I'm, uh, I'm only wearing glasses because I have an eye infection. I'm not trying to do the L.A. call. No, you, I'm too I, rocking that, theme. That's not what you said. You were like, you're like, no, 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 I got this. This is it's, it's way cool. I should probably wear sunglasses or, as people have suggested, um, I should wear a paper bag over my head. One of those two <laughs> no, whenever I'm... That's not nice. No, it's not, but they say it anyway. It's fine. Um, but, by the way, did you have a good birthday? I did. Thank you very much. I am uh, I'm a year older, which hurt a little bit. My son says, uh, as I was talking to him, he asked me how old I was, and he says, wow, you're almost 40. And I said, okay, <laughs> no more presents for you. Um, Go back into a timeout corner. Yeah, I was going to say, to show you uh, that I definitely still act my age, uh, my birthday present, my big one that I got was mm -hmm. a Nintendo Switch. Uh, my eight-year-old oh, wow. son also got a Nintendo Switch for his birthday, and I was like, I can't let that happen and me not get one. Holy so. cow, you're totally balling right there. That's what it is. Yes. It's all about the Nintendo Switch, which I, I am enjoying way too much, and it's taking up way too much of my time. So, already good. I forgot my terrible towel. Yeah? I was going to bring it and swing it at you. But, yes. Um, you know, I just got busy at work and uh, came here without it, but... Yeah. I did take one. Of, you know when you come through the media <laughs> yes. entrance? Should I should I say this out yes, loud? Yes. You know when they offer the stuff? Yes. Yeah, I take it. I take it too. I, I mean, mean, why do you think well, half this office that we have here is basically filled with stuff that they've given to us at the at the Galaxy games? <laughs> and, and then my friends think I'm cool because you know I share it with them. So I, I had a Galaxy uh, a Galaxy person come into this one where we did a, an open house or something like that, and they walked in. They said, "Wow, look at all this crap I made!" <laughs> right? I'm like, "Yep, that's that's this is true. This is absolutely true. <laughs> that's epic." <laughs> it's it's absolutely filled. All right, so um, let's go to it real quick, though, Sophie. I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, LA Galaxy lose 4 nothing to the Portland Timbers. Um, we talked a little bit before we started recording. Mm -hmm. uh, just get your thoughts. That way we can sort of set up the rest of the show. Um, 4 nothing. an accurate portrayal of how the Galaxy played or, or not? Okay, so call me crazy, but I actually don't think LA played that badly in that game. I think we've had worse performances even at home this season. I, I just felt like it was one of those games where let's round of applause to the great wall of Clark. Yes, yes. He was absolutely unbelievable, made some insane saves from Zlatan, from Atuna. It was an amazing performance. The crowd was absolutely on fire that night as well. I think that galvanized him too. And to be quite honest with you, but for taking a couple of chances early on, th that game could have easily been 2-2 going into halftime. 
But in the end, we got busted on the counterattack, and that's really what killed us. Well, that's and by the way, that's such a a thing to say this year: getting busted on the counterattack by the mm-hmm. LA Galaxy, overcommitting forward, mm-hmm. almost scoring goals, especially the first two goals. We talked about it on on Monday's show, but almost scoring twice and then giving up counterattack goals off of those scoring chances. It was like almost scored, didn't score, get scored on, and then r- rinse and repeat. Do you feel bad for Bingham in some ways? Because I feel like he's had some really good games where he's actually saved the team, and, right? And sometimes saved the team from a worse result but at the same time I feel like the gap sometimes between midfield and defense is way too sparse yes and that's what you know the 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 team needs to tighten but we also know that GBS loves to bust forward and his philosophy is a certain way but at the same time I feel like we do a little bit like my Arsenal the goalkeeper's vulnerable because the defense is, can be a little shoddy yeah. and get caught on that counter so just to sort of just to, I know this is sort of a you know an advanced preview but if you look at David Bingham going against Brad Guzan right who's going to come up in this Atlanta game oh. David Bingham has 92 saves this year mm-hmm. and has faced 125 shots in 22 games mm-hmm. Brad Guzan in 23 games has 56 saves so 92 to 56 wow. and has only faced 87 shots so yes David Bingham is constantly barraged by by uh, by shots and I would agree that the spacing in the midfield and it also has to do not only with the spacing in the midfield but also on the outside flanks and it's mm-hmm. how the LA Galaxy generate that offense um, in my mind it's getting guys like uh, Rolf Felcher involved Felcher, you know yeah. it's getting Diego Polenta up the side involved in the offense mm-hmm. and then not being able to cover those runs and really it's up to Jonathan Dos Santos and Joe Corona to be able to have to play those on the backside and then cut those off as they're coming through and they don't always get over and you see what happens you get Diego Valeri one-on-one on on Dan Stairs. And Diego Valeri had an amazing game. Great. But any or any generally does. He's just a top top shelf player, a, a, a legend if you like for them. But at the same time, do you think it's really super unfair for me to say that Joe Corona has been very poor in it, it, do you do you think that's really unfair of me because I thought in that game he was one of the weak links because a lot of the times he's supposed to be that protector too. Right. Dos Santos, I felt like he felt a little bit handcuffed if you like in that game against Portland he didn't really have that freedom because we were being we were so vulnerable on that counter attack I just think Joe Corona sometimes gets a little overwhelmed and lost in games where he should be bossing right. but instead he kind of um, shrinks He's he's an interesting player. He's not really an offensive player. He's not a defensive player. I think you would call him box to box, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that he always fills that position that greatly either. You mean like Gerard? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the well Gerard in like another life and not with the LA Galaxy. But yes, um, you know, and, and so you'd want to see a little bit more. I mean, you know, my biggest disappointment I think in this LA Galaxy midfield is the fact they don't score any goals. Um, totally agree with that. And and that seems to be a problem of, one, not getting Jonathan Dos Santos forward enough into positions and making him sort of be that that backstop and that defensive midfielder. He's a CDM whenever it comes, you know, central defensive midfielder whenever it comes to the LA Galaxy. And whenever he plays for Mexico, he actually gets forward enough to be able to be involved in the attack. So I'd like to see, you should have three goals from Jonathan Dos Santos so far. That You should have four 100%. goals for, from Joe Corona. Yes. You should have, if Leggett was healthy, four or five well. goals. Yeah, and Antuna should score, which mm-hmm. he doesn't. The bottom line is that nobody scores for the LA Galaxy except for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Are you missing those Kai Kamara goes? 
Yeah, of course. Or, or the Ola Kamara. Just Ola, Ola, Ola Kamara. Sorry, yeah, not yeah. Kai. Yeah, yeah, no relation. Freudian slip. But yeah, do you miss was. those Kamara goals? Everybody, you know who, yeah. which Kamara I'm talking about. Well, well, you figure it, and I forget I did it before, but you know what? Kamara had, I think, 11 goals last year. Um, and then, 11 or 12. 11 yeah, or 12. Yeah, yeah. something yeah, somewhere yeah. in that. Double digits. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman Alessandrini had, you know what? Almost double digits in goals. Maybe he did have double digits in goals. You just take away those two players with Alessandrini being hurt and you getting rid of Kamara, you've lost something like 20 goals. Which, by the way, if you look at the LA Galaxy's project, on how many goals less they're going to score in the last uh-huh. year. It's about 20 goals less. And when you when you bring up Alessandrini, there's certain games in the season where you think to yourself, okay, we can cope without him. But then there's certain games where you think, man, oh man, if we had a, a fit Alessandrini, where would this team be right now? Especially playing off those, you know, from, from, the, from, the, from the flanks to Zlatan up front, what he could do with that one killer pass and that one killer ball that sometimes is lacking uh, from that midfield that is playing right now. I, I just think they can do better. You can't take the accolades and beat LAFC at home and then go to Portland and lose 4-0. I'll give them this. They were up against a goalkeeper who was amazing on the night. Right. I, 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 get, I had somebody, you know, uh, DM me and say, oh, that performance in Portland was embarrassing. And I said, well, why was it embarrassing? And they're like, look at the scoreline. I said, don't pay any attention to the scorelines with the LA Galaxy. We'll talk a little bit more about why perhaps the scorelines get out of control. But don't pay attention to the scorelines. Actually watch how they play. Um, I'm not saying that Portland was a good game. Certainly, the the lack of composure from Zlatan, from Diego Polenta, from Efrain Alvarez. It got, it got ugly. It got in the ugly, and half. and that's not. You can't have that happen, especially whenever you know you have a tough stretch coming up. You have against Atlanta United, and then to DC. So all those things couldn't happen, mm-hmm. um, and they did. And so that's the disappointing part in this, and that's why it could be quote unquote embarrassing. It's not embarrassing yes. for the scoreline for me. Not whenever I saw you know uh, Clark make I don't know what three or four ridiculous saves and and all that fun stuff. So they they didn't show like Alvarez didn't get a great example did he on behavior in that game no when you're looking and, at the- and i was and i was proven wrong by the way i talked to a couple players and was sort of like hey that didn't look like a red card to me they're like dude a hundred percent was a red card and i go understood explain it to me yes okay yes you're right i'm wrong i get it yeah um so yeah i mean you know hey hopefully he he matures with with this a little bit that it's he gonna can't be, be doing a huge that. learning lesson for, i think for him he's he's in trouble a little bit and I'll, and the only reason i say that is mm. that you have a 17 year old in julian araujo who's soon to be 18 by the way so he's about a year so advanced, mature uh that's so mature that can play mm. with the big boys and you have no problems playing him out there and you're like start him every game don't mm-hmm. care he's he's the guy who should be there let's play him um, and you have a guy like Efrain Alvarez who certainly has the talent, but you're not sure that he has, one, the game speed, and two, the ability to be consistent because you haven't seen any consistency. He disappears for long stretches at the time. Where Julian Araujo, yes, makes mistakes, does some things, but you see more consistency from him already. And it's the consistency and not the talent that makes you uh, an overall talent in, in soccer across yeah. the world. And something LA Galaxy fans should know, and I think is really important, the way Araujo handles himself in those post-media press conferences in the changing room, he is really wise beyond his years, much wiser beyond his years. He gets it. Yeah. He's that type of young talent that really understands what it takes in order to be a professional footballer. And I think LA Galaxy sh- LA Galaxy fans should be really super excited about him, the way he handles himself. I've been so impressed with him this season. Yeah, he, he's been fun to watch. He's sort of the, the standout that you saw this year mm-hmm. um, that I, I think is a big one. All right, let's shift away from, uh, from Portland a little bit. Let's talk about something that I know everybody was super excited about. I know everybody was watching this. The MLS All-Star Game. Oh, wow, what a bar burner that was three nothing 
to uh, to Atletico de Madrid. Uh, didn't score a goal, and you know what? That's fine. Um, so let's just talk. I mean, the important takeaways from this, Sophie, are that Zlatan Ibrahimovic started. He went 30 minutes. He didn't get injured, and he got out. Jonathan Dos Santos came on at halftime, went 45 minutes. He didn't get injured, and he got out. And that's the the best sort of takeaways that you can from that particular game. I cyber-wrapped them both up in cotton wool and then bubble wrap. Yes. So they were protected when they were playing. You know, uh, as a as a Brit coming to the U.S., I always respect all of the different leagues and the MLS at uh, the All Star kind of uh, uh, mantra. Uh, I think that here in mid season, where you're kind of gearing towards that second half of the season, where everything now is just super critical. Every game, especially with kind of the point differential we're behind um, with LAFC. Sorry, I just bashed the That's mic. Fine. That wasn't Josh. That, it's thunder and lightning. when it comes to stuff like it's that. It's thunder and lightning. It's, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. So, you know, does it benefit LA, LA Galaxy for Zlatan to play 30 minutes in a nothing game? Absolutely not. If he had got injured, what would that mean for LA Galaxy season? And let's be honest, Jonathan Dos Santos and uh, Zlatan are the key to everything. And without them, it's going to be difficult. But I also do believe in some of the other players, the peripheral players that are being given an opportunity this season, whether it's in the League's Cup or when someone gets injured. So, you know, um, I'm not a fan of the all-star stuff. I just think it's a money grab. Um, but, you know, it, the home run derby is different a little bit maybe because there's... I, there, there's a similarity there, and I, I want to draw it. To so the, the skills? The, yeah, yeah, to the skills. I was going to say. The that, dunk contest? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah exactly. <laughs> that the most exciting part of, you know, the NBA All-Star game or the or Major League Baseball is, you know, Major League Baseball is the home run derby. Everybody should, nobody cares about the All-Star game anymore. The fact that they make that still a thing and, and that it counts for something is ridiculous. Uh, you know, the NBA All-Star game, nobody cares, but the skills competition can be more fun or the slam dunk comp- competition, the three-point comp. Those are more fun to watch whenever you see these guys sort of competing in those video game type yeah. challenges. Uh, for me, the skills competition was was exciting it was fun it was on at my local taco joint whenever i went to go grab tacos and then go home and watch you know so like it was it was all those things so and there were people watching it and i'm like that's fun i know people get sucked into that they do they they? and and it's weird and quirky and it's probably very american whenever you think about it but at the same time um it's fun and i thought that the skills competition was the bigger sort of win out of all this and bringing it back was a smart sort of move yeah wouldn't have been great though if uh, dos santos got two points for the LA Galaxy in the Western Conference just for finishing third. Right? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Let's uh, make that rule. Jonathan Dos Santos did play in the skills competition. He was part of the MLS team. It was an MLS team, an Orlando team, and then an Atletico Madrid team. So they played, the three of them played against each other in like the skills competition. The Orlando team ended up winning with uh, Nani hit a like 50-yard ball off the crossbar to win it with the last <laughs> shot. And it was exciting and they were jumping up and down and it was a lot of fun. Um, so, like, that was the fun part of it. I'll tell you this, though, surprisingly, and God only knows how or why, but apparently the TV numbers were actually up this year. In fact, it was the third most watched all-star game um, outside of whenever they played Real Madrid, big surprise, or Manchester United, big surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, Atletico Madrid, who I don't consider a big draw, um, at least not a huge draw. It's a, it's a solid team and a, and a good good get for Major League Soccer, but it's not going to drive the numbers like Real Madrid or, or Manchester United. So when you look at the TV numbers, I have to almost conclude that there must be some popularity of people. I mean, I watched. I don't know. Maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm guilty is uh, guilty of this. You are guilty yeah. and you're one of the crowd. But I think because Atletico had just thrashed Real Madrid 7-3, there was a curiosity factor a little bit, I, I think, too. And let's not... Let's not forget, there's a reason why LAFC lost their absolute minds after losing to LA Galaxy in that derby. Zlatan Ibrahimovic owns them, and he is a superstar. And I don't think the league has really seen 
that level of superstar. W- would it be fair to say since David Beckham was in the league? Uh, I, you yes. know, David Villa was a star. I was going to say that, but he doesn't. He, I mean, uh, but he doesn't attract the same attention. His demeanor is different. His style is different. He's much more of a let's focus on the football as opposed to the personality and and the rhetoric, right? Right. Uh, so uh, I think with Zlatan, he is once again putting MLS on the map on a global level. So uh, I think MLS should tip their hats off and thank Zlatan that he's playing in the league right now. And I also think that when you're that big a star, you become a little bit of a target. And maybe we'll get on to talking about that. Yeah, we that. will. Yeah, that'll, um, that'll yeah. be one of those things we, we, we hit on. Um, let's talk about how they got there real quick. Let's talk about how Jonathan Dos Santos and Zlatan Ibrahimovic <laughs> actually made it to the All-Star game. Uh, the video shot by the LA Galaxy and, and put up on the websites showed Zlatan and Jonathan Dos Santos arriving on a private jet from Portland um, and basically it landed there in Orlando. I, I thought it was funny. I was like, okay, so who paid for the jet? I was like, maybe... I yeah, it wasn't me. Um... I, I was like, I'm sure Zlatan paid for that jet, right? I mean, Zlatan just has that cash lying around. He's sort of, he has this private jet allowance that he gets, and he's sort of like, yeah, that one. I mean, you know, Zlatan's made a ton of money in his career. Jonathan Dos Santos has made, you know, he's made a packet. Right. I'm thinking there was no whip round. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, no one was putting anything in the bucket or no. in the hat for it. No. So, yeah, but I, I thought it was interesting in terms of what happened going home as opposed to getting there. But yeah, maybe Zlatan said, hey guys, let's go. And that was a bonding moment as well for them. Who it, knows? It, could, it also could have been that AEG and Uncle Phil foot the bill oh, for that one as yeah. well. I mean, uh, that's a good call. They have more money than Zlatan. So I would imagine that they could pay for a private jet from Portland to Orlando. Yes. That's not a big thing. I thought that was fun. The other takeaways I sort of got was uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And there was a video of this going after Howard Webb. I think Howard Webb, uh, who is who is a obviously a former Premier League referee and then uh, is now in charge of referees for Major League Soccer and I think, you know, in conjunction with Pro, mm-hmm. uh, Howard Webb is the overall guy in charge of the referees here in the United States um, for Major League Soccer. And Howard Webb was giving a talk or something like that. And Zlatan came, <laughs> comes walking up the corridor there at Orlando City Stadium, uh, starts clapping, giving him a, oh, oh, Howard, Howard, the referees, they're so good. They're so good, you know. It was um, almost like that Martin Scorsese gangster movie type, come here, come, come here, here kind yeah, of moment. Let, you let's know? have a discussion <laughs> about this. Which then, by the way, it's great because Howard finishes up whatever he's doing when he walks over to Zlatan, he, he shakes his hand, and then they talk there and they have a conversation. And Zlatan's complaining, uh, which is the theme of an MLS All-Star break should be Zlatan complaining about everything because he complained about the turf um, to uh, to Bastian Schweinsteiger yes, whenever he, he was there. So, yeah. um, you know, all these things. He's like, oh, and it's so hot. It's so hot. But and he, the, the did, turf. he did have a lot to complain about after the LAFC game and then the Portland game, right? I mean, the Portland game, I thought he was going to lose his mind. I actually thought that his ponytail would depart from his head somehow just because he was going to completely implode by the frustration of some of the decisions with the referee and and, and I think we've seen some poor refereeing decisions let's we could talk about the LFC Atlanta game a game a, a team that uh, LA Galaxy faced this weekend you could argue that three of LAFC's goals uh, weren't legit goals and and where was VAR so I think you know to see Zlatan um, take that stance he, he, it shows that he cares. It shows that, you know, um, he's he's engaged. And I don't think he's the kind of talent that's come out here just to cash in a check. He's come out here to win, and he's a baller. And these things really bother him. He's yeah. a very passionate player. So, you know, don't, don't upset him because we don't want this guy leaving the league because right now he is bringing so much attention to things and so much excitement that I think the league and uh, and the officials need to be a little bit careful. In Europe, Josh, they get Messi gets protected right. 
Yeah, now, that's not doesn't happen in Major League Soccer. They want to make sure in Major League Soccer there's this thing, there's the the anti-hero, which is, mm-hmm. oh well, you're a big star, and we don't want to act like we're just bending over to. You. I will say this, I do believe that the league bent in his direction on that suspension with Elmanir. I don't believe that. I saw it whenever I saw it. I didn't believe it was worthy of a two-game suspension. It was probably worthy of a one-game suspension. You could have given him a one-game suspension, mm-hmm. and that would. But the, but the disciplinary committee cannot do that. They have to give a minimum of two. And so I think, and there certainly are rumors out there that Zlatan said, "You suspend me, I'm not coming to the All-Star game again." Hey, and, I'm using my power. Right, and and <laughs> however that works, I mean, you know, however that ended up happening, I feel like there was some leeway in in this particular one, yeah. and I don't have a problem. Um, you it, know, it started from the RSL game, really, hasn't it? it and it's it gone on from there. RSL, New York City, New York City, and as then well. and then it, you know it continues, yeah. and and yeah, we'll we'll cover that and and sort of talk about that. But you know, that was sort of the things. I I liked how Zlatan didn't participate in any of the All Star training in Fantastic. North City. He's thirty seven years old. He doesn't need to, and he just came Excuse off a game me. against Turf. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean seriously, he. I'm hoping that he was chilling, like posting stuff to Instagram or you know, finding a new hair product for his, the perfect ponytail, something other than training. I mean, look, you can't, these, these guys are assets. These guys are investments. These, you know, Zlatan is the jewel in the crown for LA Galaxy. So I'm happy that he went, he represented the club, but he came back unscathed. That's the most important thing for him and for Andos Santos as well. Yeah. For the two of them. Yeah, no, it is. And, and I, I think he did what he needed to do. He, 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 he shook met, hands. He smiled. He played thirty he did the minutes. PR thing. He got gone, and he was gone. Um, that's how he did. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. At the end of all this, was seen at the airport with Joseph Martinez, which I thought was fun. By the way, as you, as you pointed out was before, that a commercial, commercial flight. flight. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say they didn't have Big Baller <laughs> Z wasn't there to uh, to to pay for their uh, their flight. So I would have given them some air miles if they had asked. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, all right. So as we're doing this live show, I should at least you know bring in a little bit um there are rumors right now that the pavone deal has been done is this the loan or the this deal is the deal? loan this is the loan now uh I, why don't we just talk about pavone right now let's do that because it, it just it, i've i've sent out text messages actually while we were doing this to try to see if i could confirm every anything and i doubt i will be able to um there's just too much misinformation and i quite honestly i don't even know that i trust any of this um, but, uh, so the latest on Christian Pavone right now on Twitter, as we're going, uh, says that, uh, Christian Pavone and the LA galaxy, um, have come to agreement that Polka and the LA galaxy have come to agreement and that it is for a loan deal. Um, that loan deal as described by, uh, Mr. Kevin Baxter and also, um, you know, sort of hinted at in our update a couple days ago, as mm-hmm. I had a source telling me about a loan, uh, was as Kevin put out, um, about $2 million for about two months, whenever you really figure it out. Now, that looks like that can be offset against the eventual purchase price and there is an option to buy. Uh, this actually what might work out well for the LA Galaxy. They might be able to actually uh, average that out so it might not be a DP or if it is a DP then you're looking at a, a TAM situation with um, with uh, with Roman Alessandrini that you could probably make work as well. There's some little workarounds here. The big thing sort of comes in too is that if this does happen the galaxy need an international slot is new england still open for international slot shopping because they're always open but with bruce arena there now you know what does bruce want for international slots he could he could come poaching um so i mean that's where you're sort of looking at that these are the next steps again we're recording now it is 7 23 p.m on thursday um yeah exactly i want to give everybody sort of the time date um we're trying to uh, we're trying to sort of, you know, 
piece this together. But anyway, there is actually a rumor out there that says that it's done, um, which we've heard before. Uh, we've also heard that it's dead. Uh, my favorite tweet I've ever put out yesterday was, uh, is the Pavone deal dead? Yeah, it looks like it's dead. Somebody go kick it. Oh my God, it's still alive. Um, that's sort of where <laughs> we've gotten to right now. Um, it could be worth the wait though, because this is a player that European clubs have been after as well. This yeah. isn't just a now thing. This is a player that top clubs across Europe have been tracking. He is the kind of player, and Josh, let me know if you think I'm exaggerating. He's the difference of getting through a Western Conference final and getting to MLS Cup. I think he adds a totally different layer of um, technical ability. I think that his talent is uh, second to none in terms of, you know, you, these. there's a lot of South American players that play in MLS, but this guy is very unique. I mean, right. this is someone that Unai Emery was tracking for Arsenal as well. $40 million bid apparently at one point. At or one at least, point, yeah. yes. And he has, all, he has a lot of different components in his toolbox. And someone like Zlatan, someone like Dos Santos, Antuna, these players will thrive playing, you know, with him. He he's kind of like that signing, you know, the LAFC Diego Rossi signing. Right. He's a game-changing type of player. He can, he can be. I, I think the big sort of question mark on him one is is this all this money worth it? And I don't you know, especially whenever you're coming into oh, a league that you're so. not familiar with, I don't know how much of an immediate impact he can have. But he's certainly the type of player that you would think would feel comfortable with Guillermo Barrascoloto. They played uh, he played for him before and was the most successful under Guillermo Barrascoloto. Uh, he plays with the Argentinian national team. Messi loves him. Um, and a lot of pressure playing for Boca Juniors. Yes. I mean, we are not talking about some uh, some player coming from a random team in South America. This is a this is a top shelf, top quality player that, if added to this roster, I think makes a massive, massive difference. If the LA Galaxy can pull this across the line, uh, I think it's a game changer for for the rest of the season. Now, I'm not saying that you know LA is going to go on and, and win the whole thing, but boy, does do the chances uh, and the odds open up for them? Yeah, it, it certainly adds. Uh, here's the crazy thing: somebody did a chart, and they showed the charts of where his hotbed. Um, yeah, yeah, not even the hotbed, but where the LA Galaxy sort of how they tend to pass, or mm -hmm. where their primary routes of passing are, and they're all up the right hand side, mm -hmm. right? And I'm sitting there going, okay, but if you look from the attack, who has the most assists on the team? It's Diego Polenta, and he's on the left side. And most of the goal scoring seem to come more from that left side to the back post on the right side. And it really is because there isn't a good threat on the right hand side to provide the assists. And be dangerous and so the passes from that side just they yeah there's a lot of them but they're not of quality no no and, and, so and, and that's a lot where of the I times players get in great positions and that's been one of the most frustrating things it's a brilliant point that you bring up because a lot of those balls are they either don't get past the first defender on that right side or they're they're just poor quality like you said it's a it's a really great observation yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I'll go over the history here a little bit of this. I'll tell you what I was going to say until we heard all this, which is that <laughs> I don't know. And by the way, I still don't know. Um, you know, uh, El Equip uh, over in France um, say that Bordeaux want a Pavone, um, but at the same time, they said that they that they were going to offer half the wages at half the price, and that didn't seem like that was going to make any sense. Um, uh, Fenerbahce uh, in Turkey want Pavone. Again, false flag for me. Anything that comes out of Turkey, I tend to be like, yeah, right, okay, sure. This is also the agent just trying to bring this across the line. A lot of the times, this is what happens. You know, Fenerbahce is interested, uh, Bordeaux is interested, Le Keeper... Uh, 
uh, are reporting this, and that's just sometimes planted by agents. So it, it is, and and there's been so many false flags, so many false starts. Um, mm-hmm. I can tell you that um, that Kevin and I, Kevin Baxter, the panda himself, uh, and I have been on the phone so many times <laughs> that whenever I call him, he goes, "It Was better not blue? be another Pavone thing," and he's like, "No more," and he goes, "I can't take it anymore," and I'm like, "Dude, this is getting exhausting," and it is. It has been exhausting for the last three weeks. Um, but if it happens, it will be worth it the is. pain. It, it seems to be. I, again, I think there's question marks about his form because, he, you know, basically Boca has done everything to devalue the player by not playing him, saying he doesn't have a spot, going out and getting people for his position. He's getting booed by the fans at Boca. I mean, this is he almost... he wants out. And he wants out. And, and he's told them. And basically they said, you sit down, shut up, shut your mouth. Right. Right. Otherwise you'll be staying here forever. Correct. And that was the threat they sort of gave him. And so they know he wants out. They know he wants to go with Guillermo. The Galaxy seem to have been putting together the best packages over and over and over again and i don't believe any of these teams are actually interested and if that's the case the la galaxy have just been by themselves the whole time the august 8th deadline um is is fastly approaching it's Mm -hmm. coming quickly and i think that from a position of weakness and whenever we talk about negotiations we're going to talk about the cba here in a second but in a position of weakness which is where boca is you're not playing the player he's getting booed you told him that he doesn't have a future with the team he wants out these are all positions of weakness the only thing they could do was be erratic irrational um, unpredictable in their denials. They're hustling for more money. That's that's all that's they can do. That's all that this is. And you know what? Come to LA and we will greet you with open arms. Sophie's going to be at, the, at LAX. I will be whenever. at LAX and I will welcome him with open arms. This this is a signing that LA has to cross, has to bring over the line. It'll be great. Yeah, I think if it indeed happens. Again, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. Um, you just got my hopes up. I know. Now what do I do? I know. I, I'll you just, and Baxter. I'll, Was he wearing light blue when you had this conversation? I don't know. He may have been. Um, so so uh, let me reiterate again. I have a source that said that the LA Galaxy couldn't get the purchase deal done um, and that they were going for a loan deal. If the loan deal fell through, the LA Galaxy were going to look to domestic players in the league. Kevin had a separate source that told him basically that the Galaxy were, are, were then going for a loan deal that was going to put uh, Pavone here through November. It's basically, whenever I say November, it's the end of the MLS season because that's when MLS <laughs> Cup is. It's <laughs> earlier it? this year. What the heck? Um, it's <laughs> earlier this year. It's not in December. Everybody's like, but MLS Cup was in December. It's through the end of the year and basically he could go back and it's a short-term rental and any of the money that comes here looks like it'll go towards a purchase price. So that's where... Kevin was sort of going with that um, from his source. So those are the two sources. Those are uh, we we checked. Those are two different sources. We we were, we were made sure that we weren't giving the same story. Um, so we have some collaborating evidence that sort of points in that direction. Wow, it's like forensic files. He has collaborating evidence, people. Uh, that's hey, you know, I, I always think it's funny that, that there's fans <laughs> out there that like, oh well, I heard from a friend that this is going to happen. Yeah, saw him at the airport so, in yeah. uh, Buenos Aires. Yeah, exactly, and all this stuff. And listen, that's great, and you have the ability to do that and for me I can't just tweet out everything I hear because no you can't it, otherwise you, I would be you wrong all, all the time yes exactly well. you don't want to do that so anyway but it's interesting with Pavone again I think that there will still have to be a deal made for an international slot I do expect that mm-hmm. some players on the LA Galaxy roster will not be there in the future um, whether or not that is some starting role players, which I, we'll see, um, or whether that is more uh, of some of the reserve players. There's going to have to be an international slot from somewhere. Somebody's going to want something, and I have a feeling at this point it's not going to be cash. It feels like a player. Wow. Interesting. Fun and times. Yes, and it's not like LA can afford to lose some of those, you know, especially in, in terms of the, the players that are up there with the first team, whether they start or they're on the bench. Um, it's... You know, I, this is part of the the league that still kind of bothers me in the sense where in Europe there's free trade, right. if you like, and and in MLS there's a lot of rules which I know that a lot of fans talk about all the time. 
in terms of, you know, if there's going to be a true growth of the game, is this the way you can kind of still operate? Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you won't have clubs going into bankruptcy, probably. But, I and mean, that's happening in Europe a lot. It's less likely. Let's yes. put it that way. It's yeah, less likely. Yeah. Or at least it's less likely now. It wasn't less likely in the earlier years of MLS, but now um, it's it's certainly, I, I think, is a much more stable league. Okay. Speaking of rules, let's go and let's talk a little bit about the CBA. All right. Okay. We had to go out a lot of order for a second because Pavone and I just, I'm, I'm, I have text messages out. Um, and look, he's and, looking at his phone. Yeah, it's I know. hot right now, I'm, guys. I'm, it's on I'm waiting, fire. I'm waiting for for somebody to call me and see if that happens. If that happens, I'm, I reckon I'm, it's I'm Uber that, Eats. Yeah, actually, just yeah, uh, <laughs> I had to order my McDonald's. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, so so we'll see what that ends up being. Let's talk about the collective bargaining agreement, and that was one of the things that sort of was highlighted at the MLS All Star Game, which is why we wanted to talk about it. Um, the LA Galaxy reps, by the way, for the MLS Players Union are David Bingham, uh, Perry Kitchen, and Dave Romney. Um, those are the three player reps um, for the MLSPA, Players Association. Um, that's the union there for MLS players, and they're the ones who are going to be negotiating with Major League Soccer for this new collective bargaining agreement. The new collective bargaining agreement ends, I believe, at the end of January of 2020. Mm -hmm. So that'll be done, and they've already been in quote-unquote negotiations, or at least they had some meetings beforehand to sort of say, this is what we're expecting, what are you expecting? So that way everybody could sort of get their idea wrapped around their main points. Here are the main points that the players have brought up at the MLS All-Star Game, and I'm sure many people feel that they they, they kind of know where these are. Number one point, which I think is going to be probably one of the most important ones, uh, I'm going to tell you one of these is sort of, I think, a false flag for right now, and I like that term, and I'm going to use it a lot tonight. Um, so free agency is one of them, uh, a, league, the, a higher league minimum salary, um, and then charter flights. All right, so those are probably the three. There's also a team budget increase, the salary cap. That's uh -huh. that's duh, one of the ones that you always say, okay, they're going to want more. And right now in 2019, it's $4.24 million. So that's also in there. So let's start at free agency. Currently, you have to be at least 28 years old. You talked about the rules. You yes. have to be at least 28 years old and must have at least eight years of MLS service. This was negotiated in the last CBA. Now, Which was? Which was in, let's see, Todd Donovan was still playing... Was that 2014? 14? It might have been 2014. Like I think, four or five years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think five years ago. I think it was a five-year yeah, okay. CBA. Um, so so whenever they negotiated this, Todd Dunnamont was on the negotiating committee. He also kept us informed on this podcast whenever he was doing all this. So we had a really good insight mm -hmm. to all of the things. They got free agency without a work stoppage, and they're the only professional league in the United States to ever get free agency without a work stoppage. So that I know people like to go it's back. It's crazy. People like to go back and say that the MLS players gave everything away in the last CBA and they got totally screwed out of all this. I'll, I'll tell you, they knew what they wanted. They kind of got what they wanted. They wanted to open the door to this. They got free agency, even though it's stupid. You can't get certain raises and there's a whole bunch of restrictions on it. They're going to go after free agency in the CBA. Um, they're probably right now, at least according to an article that was written by Paul Tenorio and Sam Steschko, um in The Athletic today, uh, they're looking to reduce that to 25 years old, at least 25 years old, and have at least five years of MLS service in there. Um, I imagine there will also be some removal restrictions on percentage of raises they can get in free agency. There's, there's so many things about that that kind of bother me in the sense that, for example, let's just take the salary. Forget about the age, right? In, in the NFL, in the NBA... I think in the NBA a lot more than the, the the rookie contracts are a little bit different, right? But at the same time, you know, there's a the, if I'm working alongside somebody, right, and we do the same job, and they're earning uh, five hundred thousand dollars a year, and I'm earning fifty thousand dollars a year, is that not going to bother me? 
right. know. Yeah, I, there's, there's, it should. I mean, that's one of those things. So sort of like, the, one of the top priorities that you were talking about in terms of the average salary and those kinds of things. Uh, I mean, seriously, these guys are playing a long season. It starts when now? In March? It ends at the end of November. It's going to start in, I believe, late February of next, next year. Season yes, for it, starts, it starts earlier next year. So I, I just think that when you see the growth of the league and the league is making a lot more money, left, right, and center, it's making a lot more money with the TV rights, it's making a lot more money in sponsorships, it's making a ton of money at grassroots, regional level, where a lot of the business happens and when you get some of those big sponsorships. So they also have Fortune 500 companies now that are plowing a lot of money into the game. You've got to take care of the players. You know, you really do. And I think that sometimes with these CBA things, I come from Europe, so sometimes I feel a little uneducated in terms of truly understanding what's the cause, what is the end goal here, what do you want? Do you want to earn more money? Do you want to have more rights for your own rights? Right. So you're able to make more money off your own name? You know, it, it kind of goes back to college as well, doesn't it? Should uh, to, should Zion Williams have, ma have made money with some of the shirts that he sold when he was playing, you know, for Krzyzewski at Duke? You could argue yes. So I, I think that at the end of the day, with MLS and especially the way they advertise those salaries as well, right. you've got to pay guys. You've, you can't pay someone 65 grand a year to play football right. when they're playing alongside somebody who's earning $3.2 million. And, and that's always like the, the, the large end. I think the, the CBA on the minimum league salary currently in, in 2019, the league minimum for a senior roster spot player is $72,500. Okay, not horrible, especially whenever not too long ago it was in the thirty dollars and $40,000 range. But that needs to continue to increase as you see it. So $72,000, a reserve roster player makes $56,250. That's the league minimum. That's, that's the Less lot. Less than a lot of my friends making like a marketing job. Ex exactly. And so what they're thinking and what it seems the players want is at the end of the next basically five-year contract, if you figure they're going to do another five years, uh, they want to be at a minimum of 100K. I think that's fair, don't you? I mean, uh, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. Yes, I think it's more than fair for a professional athlete to be making a minimum of $100,000, especially in Los Angeles. I It makes okay. a ton of sense. You know what? I'm going to say something that may be controversial oh for my. a lot of people. Here and I, I'm just saying I'm a woman. Yes. Okay. And you look at the... Wait, U that was the controversial part? That's controversial. Okay, okay good. Okay. <laughs> um, you look at the U.S. women's national team mm -hmm. who are fighting for equal pay. Yep. And a lot of the times, you know, there are players in MLS who work very hard, who train every single day, who, um, you know, put in the effort. You know, these guys are professional footballers and they're not pay being paid no. equally to their peers either. So, you know, there has to be a level playing field for everybody. I think we need to look at this from a from a bird's eye view uh, and, and look at every single facet of, you know, from the league to the national teams as well. And, you know, for me, a lot of these players are so underpaid and, and they do a lot. And, you know, compared to the other leagues, I think it's time for the league to up the game, especially when you look at how the league and the league here and the league in China are growing exponentially. So and so much money is coming into it. I mean, that's where it comes back into it, right? Is that you look at how much money the league has and how much money they're spending in targeted allocation money. I mean, they basically said, okay, you know, we're not going to put any money into the salary budget, the, the salary cap, right? Correct. We're just going to give you 
We're just going to give money X number that uh-huh. outside of this that you can spend however you want. I mean, if you look at the budgets of, you know, the LA Galaxy, hold on, I actually have it. Um, if you look at the what the LA Galaxy are spending right now on 2019 total compensation, uh, you know, basically at 18.5 million dollars. That's then now the salary cap is 4.24, but they're spending 18. Point, right. There are so many players that have to fit in under the salary cap right. that you realize they're not making any money whenever no, that not. happens. Um, I, I think it's for the reserve players. I mean, it, it's the ability to be able to one live in Los Angeles and not have seven roommates. Um, because you well, know, the cost of living here is, is insane. It is, and it's it's crazy. And I know a bunch of the guys bunk together and stuff like that. But you see guys who can't make it in soccer and eventually decide that they have to go somewhere else. I mean, they're sometimes these guys are working side jobs. They're running soccer camps and you know all these other things that they're doing just to get. I don't think 100k for a professional athlete in Los Angeles or quite honestly anywhere in Major League Soccer is outside the realm of possibility. So to me, that's something that's going to have to come up. Uh-huh. I think they might even be undershooting a little bit on 100k in terms of after five years. Say, you know, in the 100K? I mean, look, I don't agree with Gareth Bell earning a million dollars a week to go play football in China. I think we all agree that that's kind of getting crazy. But to be a professional footballer where that you are, there's a lot of demand on your body. You put yourself out there week in, week out. Is it too much to ask that you're paid uh, uh, a minimum of a hundred or $150,000 a year? Well, no, I, and I don't think it is. And then you even go to this. So now you're making no money, and they want you to fly a Southwest flight from Los Angeles to yeah, to the East Coast, where I'm cramped. Where you're cramped in the center. Uh, there and was I actually could get injured. There was a story. Uh, my good friend Chris Tucker relayed to me that somebody uh, on the flight back from Portland, the LA Galaxy players coming back, were on a flight, and some of the fans were on the same flight. And this one guy was walking and got to sit between uh, Matt Lampson and Emmanuel Boateng because <laughs> one had the window, one had the aisle, and nobody was going to take the middle. So he sat in the middle, and he was like, "Oh, cool, I'm sitting." You know, but they shouldn't have to do no. that. So the charter flights thing is big. Now, they want the budget, the team budgets increase that four point two four million dollars in twenty nineteen. That has to go up. You know how much? There's some some people are talking about tripling that into the thirteen million dollar range, which I agree. I think that the salary. This is what I would do. I would get rid of the TAM, all the TAM, throw that away, right. all of the general allocation money, throw that away, make the salary cap thirteen million dollars, and still have your three DPS that you can put outside of it. This is probably one of one of the things that I spoke to Stephen Gerard about um, early on when he came. Same thing with Frank Lampard. Same thing with Wayne Rooney. The the travel in MLS is probably one of the toughest in any league in any country. And people need to recognize and respect that a lot. You're going through time time difference. You're going through so, um, so many different, uh, you know, weather patterns, uh, whether it's dry, whether it's wet. You know, these guys have to fly six, seven hour flights sometimes. Right. That is not an easy task. I would say the championship in England, the league below Premier League, is one of the toughest leagues to play in. And I would say MLS is one of the toughest leagues to travel within when you're being um, asked to be competitive week in, week out. It is not easy. These guys deserve to travel seamlessly. And I'm not trying to like pamper them in any way here, but just get them there. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense to me. The the teams are currently allowed four segments per year for charters. That's not round trips. Those are segments. Uh, That means that if you go to one place, that's one segment. You come back, that's another segment. So if you round tripped it, that would be two segments. Um, And that's if, I don't even know if you count that, if you have to stop places. What if Zlatan just got a jet for the rest of the season? What would happen? Would would they they be fined? No, yeah, they they couldn't do it. They wouldn't be allowed to do it. They would be fined. Yeah, if he, Zlatan says, I fly everybody on my jet. No, it wouldn't happen. Go on my jet. Yes, we all talk to the Lions. Because they're talking about an unfair competitive advantage, right? The league is supposed to do it. They realize, the league realizes that traveling on charters is a competitive advantage. So either everybody Nobody does it or nobody does it. Here's the thing. The players are starting to say that they want an increase in the number of charter flights. They're not saying it all. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they set that number at 20 segments in terms of, you know, that's 10 round trips, but maybe it's more. Half, I actually, half the games? Yeah, I actually, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's where you start to think about it. Um, I said, hey, what if you decided that any flight that was over an hour long had to be a charter flight? And otherwise, you could fly commercial. Like, and basically, that would mean the LA Galaxy could fly to San Jose. And everywhere else would have to be a charter because yeah. everybody else, everybody else is outside that. But I mean, still to get to Colorado, what is it? Two, two, one it's hour fifty, two, two it, hours. It is one fifty, or it's one fifty going there, the two fifteen coming back. Right. Yes. I mean, I just I think these are the things that the league need to just stop being so militant about. Let's face it, this control factor and uh, and trying to control certain things. I think as the league grows, I think you'll see them loosening those strings just a little bit and hopefully the players will win on this one. Um, here is the here is the the thing um, that I think about this charter. So you we went over free agency, league minimum, charter flights, increased salary cap, right? Yes. One of those is one of those is ones they're totally going to cave on. It's going to be the chartered flights, probably, I, if, because it's not as important to them as money in their pocket. Absolutely, but I do you're think gonna they're going to take care of your family. It's not going to be twenty. I think they're going to be like, oh, well, we get eight. You're going to double the amount of charter flights or that type of thing. You're going to be able to allow these, and then, but then the teams get to use them at their options, which means that some teams will never use them. Absolutely, so that that kind of hurts too. So anyway, just keep an eye on that and how the CBA goes. This is important stuff. Um, we'll see how it all comes down. I honestly think they'll cave on the charter flights before any of those other things. I think, honestly, the free agency thing seems really easy to me in terms of I would, if I'm an owner, I'm sitting there going, yeah, that makes sense. Why not? Like that's, but you, all of this is a negotiation. These are all starting points. So the fact that MLS or that the players even came out at 25 years yes. means that they've already set their standard. Right. They're right? ready to compromise. They're ready to the compromise up, uh -huh. up above that. So uh -huh. I would think that 25 seems reasonable, but why wouldn't you ask for 23? And get four, to 25. And, and yeah, and get to 25. So apparently it's closer to 26 whenever you're 27. And I, maybe th I think they must have known something in order to kind of throw that number out there. It, again, they're all starting points. These are never going to be, they're never going to get 25 years old in five years now that they put it out as their mark. Everybody knows that. That's where you start. You know it's coming up to other stuff. So like it's all these weird things. You look, the 100K, that's not, that's not the ending point. So where's the actual ending point? And we all know that the MLS, uh, uh, the MLSPA, the Players Association, has been very diligent in preparing for a work stoppage. Yes. They've gotten the players, to, they've told the players it's how to put money. not going to happen. You don't think so? Yeah. Oh, work stoppage for sure. I, think I don't so? think it's started. I don't think this, this year it's starting on time. They, the players have always wanted to flex their muscle on this. They got really close to doing it last year. I think but it they, costs too much money in the long term. It because does. Because the league will look at their own pocket. They will. And that, and I feel like it, it'll all it'll all go away. Yeah. You know, we've seen it before in other leagues, and we've seen that happen. But more, more, more likely these in in these modern times, money talks, TV TV rights, um, the league sponsorships. I just feel like they'll get it done. A uh, little Pavone update. Uh, Hernan Castillo. Is he at the airport? Do I need to go? Yeah, you might you might have to go get him. Um, Hernan Castillo. Uh, a reporter from South America there uh, is reporting Pavone and Los Angeles Galaxy have just closed uh, the deal with Boca uh, and everything related to the loan. Uh, tomorrow it'll be signed. Guillermo Barrescoloto and the striker come together again. That guy has a blue check mark next to his name. I mean, oh, uh, he's I verified. I mean, that's I trust him. That sort of seems like that's. <laughs> I don't have a blue check mark. I keep asking for one. They're like, no. They don't do it anymore. They've put the they put it they, into moratorium yeah, for a while because so everybody screwed get... it up. They screwed up the blue check marks. Now I can't even have one. I'll Thanks, just draw everybody. one on your phone for you. Thank you.
I appreciate it. Just yeah, right on the screen, and yes. then every once in a while it'll line up. All right, uh, let's move on from the CBA. Uh, I'll move on from Pavone moves. Uh, real quick, Matt Pence wrote an article in The Athletic about the LA Galaxy's um, sort of uh, non-improvement this year. I mean, he's he's somewhat mm. positive. He's somewhat negative, which, by the way, fair. <laughs> I was going to say, he, he gives credit where credit is due enough to where he's like, there's a lot of new pieces. Who's he giving the credit to? Uh, Dennis DeClosa, Guillermo Verschelotto. He seems to say that they have a plan. Uh, he talks a lot to Dennis about how um, how they're looking at not only preparing for this year, but next year, and how they're building a team for that. And Dennis, you know, Dennis DeClosa says basically, listen, sometimes you have to have short-term success in order to be able to pre- prepare for the long-term, which in soccer is totally true. You can't lose all your games and expect that they're not going to just say, okay, what are you doing? Right. You have to have some success right away, even if that's not in the total long-term plan of the club or the best thing for the total long-term. Don't you think the team has been much better this season? Well, they're more fun season? to watch. I mean, it was. Te- I mean, granted, I was shooting more last season, but that was that was poor. That was really tough football to watch. This season, fans have something to be excited about. There are some players. There's been an infusion of confidence um, in terms of the attacking third. You've got better support for Zlatan. I do think that some fans sometimes also think as much as they love Zlatan, how much does that slow uh, the pace down right. uh, in certain games uh, where maybe we could be attacking in a much more forceful and uh, speedy uh, manner. But y- you have to look at it as, uh, as an improvement. I mean, look... Yes, LAFC are running away with it, but it's the same thing with the Premier League. Manchester City are running away with it. You know, other other teams like Tottenham are 15 points behind them, but everyone thinks Tottenham have improved and they're playing quite well. So I use Tottenham as an example and it tastes like vinegar, but it's the truth. And I think that um, LA Galaxy have improved. They're in the top three of the Western Conference. Right. They're not too far removed. A player like Pavon could change everything. So I think that's harsh to say that they haven't improved. I just think that is that someone who's not really watching them week in, week out? Yeah, I mean, it's so the the title is Despite Modest 2019 Success, LA Galaxy Find Themselves in an Identity Crisis. I don't know that I necessarily disagree with that. Guillermo's added a lot of identity to this team. He's trying. He's trying. And and as he says in this, sometimes my players have played the way that I've wanted them to. And that's the truth. I agree with that 100%. Every once in a while, somebody uh, said uh, on, on Reddit to me, basically, they said, Oh, well, if you look at it, I, they need to stop playing Zlatan ball. And I go, well, the LAFC game was Zlatan ball. They're like, well, they played the ball on the ground and they did all these. No, I'm like, but in the LAFC game, the over the ball, over the top ball, come on, that worked to perfection. It's, it's, and so the, the bottom line is you don't want to see bad Zlatan ball. You want to see good Zlatan ball. And that makes sense to me, too. I'm like, yeah, well, of course, that, that's how it works. Um, but the one thing he said in this, and this is the only thing I'll really take from this article. If mm. you want to read it on The Athletic, you can, um, is uh, Matt Matt Pence points out uh, the team's lack of draws. Its overall record is 12-9-1. It's also encouraging from a certain angle. Midfielder Emmanuel Boateng said the biggest difference after missing the last two postseasons is coach Guillermo Barish-Colotto's encouragement to never take the foot off the pedal. This is Boateng. He says, I think it's just the attacking mentality. Even when we go on the road, that's the difference. We go on the road and we still want to attack and we want to win. And he doesn't want draws. He doesn't want losses. He just wants win. If that isn't the most positive spin on never drawing anything, I kind like it okay here's a baller number one number two uh uh, is it the playoffs yet no No, it's not okay this is a team that is preparing and building for the playoffs because they know one of two things if they can get through those early rounds and they meet lafc in a western conference final or even if they meet them earlier 
LA Galaxy own LAFC. They have a mental block playing Someone. this team. They are they they lost their minds after that game, blaming all sorts of things. Their their fans lost their minds, ruining seats in the stadium, scratching cars on the way out. LA LA Galaxy, all Guillermo needs to do is get this team to the playoffs because let me tell you, no one's going to want to face this team in the playoffs. They are, if I was going to bet my money on a team that would be a great one-off team in a playoff game, it is this side. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you. They're they're so unpredictable in terms of you don't know, you know how they're going to beat you, but you can't stop it. And then you just don't know how they're going to show up and how they're going to play. It's difficult to play against a team that is sometimes good. Over two legs, they've got every shot. Well, it's only one leg this year. Single legs. In, in, In All the way through. All the way through, to the single final. legs, all the way, which is why finishing in the top... Even better for third. LA Galaxy, to be I honest kinda like with it. you. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, I was going to say, I still feel like it's true. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And and I think that, you know, um, they, they're, they're a team that are a little bit, again, like Tottenham lost 13 games in the Premier League, but they finished third and they qualified for the Champions League and they got to the Champions League final. Right now, all this stuff means absolutely bugger all, to be honest with you. Zlatan keeps saying that. He keeps reminding us. He says, this is, is this the playoffs? It's, it's not the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, you yeah. Americans, you talk about the playoffs all the time. I'm, I'm pretty sure my Zlatan impression is horrible. If he ever so hears it, he's going to bang yeah. me over the head. That's okay. Um, so anyway, but I, I, I do, I've criticized the LA Galaxy for not drawing games and, and there's some toughness that's involved in one coming back and being being able to hold a team that maybe should have won. On a bad day, you should be able to get a draw. On a bad day, you shouldn't lose, you know, 4 nothing or you shouldn't lose 5 nothing. I get that, and there's certainly something to that. But you look at the LA Galaxy, they have not been consistent. Um, as we said on, on Monday, their only consistency is their inconsistency. They're back and forth and back and forth. Last eight games, win-loss, 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 win-loss. Right, and that's something they're going to have to fix for sure. But all they need to do is just stay in that top three get into the playoffs and I'm telling you right now no team is going to want to face them they just won't and I, I'm I, I'm not like living this kind of uh, silly fan life or whatever I actually really believe and we see this team we see them how they react to losses we see them how they react to wins you know it's a shame that off that LAFC um, the game they couldn't they couldn't do anything Josh it was it was disappointing the result was disappointing right. But the performance wasn't, and I think that's why LA Galaxy fans shouldn't be losing their minds over it. No, I agree. I think Kevin also got it a little bit right, too, whenever he says that momentum seems to mean nothing to this team, right? And I don't feel like they're gathering momentum. I feel like they've sort of been at the same sort of spot, and that when they win a big game, it doesn't mean they're going to go out and play good the next game. Correct. And if they lose a game really badly, it doesn't mean they're going to go out and play badly the next game it's just there's it's just not consistent yet and it's all about peaking at the right time as as the hammer would say don't peak too soon <laughs> don't peak too soon they, they beat lafc and he's screaming don't peak too soon don't exactly. peak too soon exactly so that's how that goes all right uh real quick ibrahimovic at the disco um that's zlatan ibrahimovic and his run-ins with the disciplinary committee we'll uh, we'll touch on this real quick um zlatan ibrahimovic was fined today by the Dis- disciplinary committee for embellishment and simulation versus portland in the 50th minute. This is the third embellishment simulation fine that Zlatan Ibrahimovic has received mm. this year. 725 he was fined for uh, the an embellishment in the LAFC game in the 29th minute. He was fined on May 10th uh, for embellishment and simulation versus Columbus in the 23rd minute. Those were the ones that I could find. He was also suspended and fined for two games uh, versus New York City FC for the Sean Johnson incident, which I think we all agree also relates to the RSL incident um, yes. in, in the 86th minute was suspended two games um you know this was he was officially warned in the lafc game as well for the forearm elbow to elmanur so that's technically an- 
another disciplinary committee action, um, officially warned, um, and got into a shouting match with RSL's uh, Nita Monohu, uh, who was, and then was suspended the next game against New York City for the scuffle with Sean Johnson. Um, Zlatan seems to have his target on his back, Sophie. Listen, um, I'd like to know if any of the LAFC players have been given the same warnings or fines for their Oscar-nominated performances against LA Galaxy and also Atlanta and other teams. I mean, the Portland Timbers, they had their way a little bit too, didn't they, with the refs? I, I think I said at the beginning of the show, the league needs to be very careful here with Zlatan. I think he believes he can play for another couple seasons. Why not have those seasons be here in MLS with LA Galaxy, have him build a a similar legacy to Robbie Keane or David Beckham. I think that he's too important for them to be treating him this way now. Should he be treated differently? Absolutely not. But should he be treated fairly? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it feels like sometimes there's not that fairness involved in it. I, I think it's a it's a result of a couple things. One is he's not afraid to criticize the league, and he does it all Correct. the time. Uh, he's not afraid to criticize the referees, and he does it all the time. Um, he is a larger-than-life character who mm-hmm. is literally taller than everybody on the field at all times. Um, he's bigger than everybody on. But this is a guy who gets fouled probably, I'd say, just as much as Carlos Vela, but doesn't get the calls. Absolutely. And also, he gets ribbed throughout the 90 minutes of... Forget the 93 minutes, but the 90 minutes, he's getting ribbed left, right, and center. He doesn't react to everything all the time. And I think that at the end of the day, this is someone who's learned how to play the game a little bit differently. You know, he's played in some of the top leagues in the world. He's not going to change how he plays now. Let's not, you know, if if he elbows someone and it's deliberate, yes, of course, he should be punished. But let's not punish him uh, just because he is not afraid to speak up. And, you know, this is where the the MLS could become like a bit like the NFL, the no fun league. Yeah, it it could be. Um, Absolutely. I I think that Zlatan plays the villain very well. But the problem with playing the villain very well is that you invite that sort of... Um, Agree. They they want to they want to rein him in. They want to. We are Major League Soccer, and we are we're not afraid of you, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And it's like, dude, just chill and like just ha- be a cool hang, uh-huh. MLS. Just be a cool hang. Yeah. Um. Treat him treat him the same in the fairly. It's kind of like Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. You you know like Vela's being yeah. painted as Luke. Yeah. And and Zlatan is Darth Vader. I think Zlatan likes that role. Yes, I, he I think does. he's fine with that. He, I don't, he thrives on it. That's right. That's right. That's how it goes. Um. All right. Uh. The weekly schedule for the LA galaxy let's see we're already on thursday the la galaxy did travel to atlanta today they will train in atlanta on friday the game 2 p.m kickoff pacific time on saturday august 3rd la galaxy versus atlanta united that game is on fox we'll preview that here in just a second the la galaxy return to atlanta on sunday august 4th uh and then they will train on monday um so it is a it is a quick week it was a long week um from them it is a long travel day and remember they'll be doing the same thing flying to dc on thursday Mm -hmm. training in dc on friday excuse that's that's probably not right because the game's on sunday so they'll be traveling on friday Friday, training on saturday playing on Sunday, traveling back on Monday. So um, a, a busy time for the LA Galaxy uh, coming up, especially with all the travel. And, and some s- tough teams coming up as well. Some very tough teams, uh, very tough teams. Injuries right now that we have on the books, there are only two, which is kind of fun. Um, the LA Galaxy right now missing Ramon Alessandrini, who is still out with his uh, Wait, knee. Wait, are we still bringing him up he in is. the injury list? He is, he absolutely. Is it like Tom Brady and you, his elbow every week? You know why I say it, though? <laughs> is because anytime I don't mention it, like everybody knows, they go, well, what about Ramon Alessandrini? It's like, yes, yes. Like Guillermo Barrascoletto goes, everybody's healthy this week except for Juninho. <laughs> and ev- and everybody's like, oh, well, but he means Ramon, too. It's like, yes, he means Ramon, too. But That's yes. Hilarious. So basically right now is just Ramon Alessandrini and it's Juninho. Juninho are the only two players. 
on that injury list. That means Pontius has been cleared. Uh, Legette was back playing last week. Kitchen was on the bench last week, so everybody should be available outside of Roman and Juninho. And of course, the three suspended players, Diego Polenta, Efrain Alvarez, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And I wasn't, kid I wasn't kidding whenever I said that uh, the, the entire LA Galaxy's like, most potent offense is missing because Diego Polenta has the most assists on the team with four, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic has the most goals with um, 16. But so also, we were dreading that League's Cup game, right? Against I know, I know it's not the same, right. but... The was it not? Is it not true that they faced the first most of the first they team did? players? No, that was the first team. Tijuana, yeah, that right? was that was the, the first team. And so. somehow this team galvanized itself, and uh, and the coach had them ready. So don't doubt the LA Galaxy. Now, obviously, it's going to be hard because Atlanta's home record. I think they're eight three and one. They have an amazing home record. If it if their if their road record was as good as their home record, they'd be well up there with LAFC on yeah, points. They, they only have three wins on the road right now. Um, one loss, uh, three draws. Uh, at home, eight wins uh, for that. So that's that. The, the the whole thing that I want to point to, though, you know, we talk about Diego Polenta, who's suspended. Yes. Talk about Fabio Alvarez. Fabio Alvarez is on yellow card watch for this Atlanta game. If he picks up a yellow card, he'll miss the DC United game. Diego Polenta, whenever he comes back, as long as they don't add any more games, I'm telling you right now, Diego Polenta and Efrain Alvarez could both have games added to their suspensions by the disciplinary committee. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just telling you it could happen, so don't be surprised if it does. Uh, but when Diego Polenta comes back, he will be on yellow card watch, which means he'll come back, and if he picks up a, a yellow card in that game, he will be suspended for the next game. So, yeah, that's fun. Uh, Joe Corona, two yellow Keep cards. Keep up with Josh, everyone. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, you got to stay on your toes this, here. This stuff, some of this stuff is this, just... Some of this stuff is... Um, Polenta, I mean, you know, he, the team needs him, so he needs to stop misbehaving. He needed to keep his head in that Portland game, and he didn't. And everyone did, and they didn't. Yeah. That's the disappointing part. Yeah, that's that, where that everyone's is, talking about that. That is the biggest takeaway yeah. from that. Uh, real quick in the standings in the Western Conference, LAFC at 49 points. Seattle Sounders, 38. LA Galaxy and San Jose Earthquakes tied for 37th. The LA Galaxy currently in third above the San Jose Earthquakes. Quakes. Um, let's see, 35 points for Minnesota United. FC Dallas with 33 points. Portland Timbers at 31. They're the last team that is above the playoff line. Real Salt Lake, Houston Dynamo, Sporting Kansas City, Vancouver Whitecaps, and Colorado Rapids all currently below the playoff line. As it stands right now, the LA Galaxy would have would host that first round playoff game. LAFC would get a bye. Um, I believe it is, let's see, it goes 2-7 and then 3-6. So the LA Galaxy would host FC Dallas right would, now. Would you, and, and we'll One find game. out, we'll find out what that looks like in what, 10 days? Yeah, I was going to say that's coming not that's, too, that's, that's coming, coming up quickly. in the not too distant future. And would you say that the Colorado, the Colorado Rapids loss at home is probably the worst loss of the season I so don't know. Far? Could you, I mean, could you, yeah, I guess. That was brutal. It was. New England was also so bad, but now you look at New England and they're on a run. I mean, Bruce Arena is getting ready to set records with the uh, taking over a team and being undefeated. And also, it was Bruce. It was his first game. I mean, he chose no. that as his first oh, game. He he Come he on. had those guys calculated. Fired up. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So it's going to be tough. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But uh, as I said before. Just make the playoffs. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. All right. Um, the schedule coming up at Atlanta at DC United Sunday, August 11th. Then it is quickly home Wednesday, August 14th. Just three days later, the Galaxy host FC Dallas. I'll actually be missing that game. I'm missing the next Where two home going? games. I have to be uh, on vacation in the East Coast with my... Uh, you have to my, be? Yes. My wife, uh, who is pregnant, is her last chance to go visit her family on the East Coast before she's on the no-fly list. Um, oh, I see. Where on the East Coast? Uh, we will be Anywhere where you can watch a game. Southern Maryland. Asking I will watch friend. them. Yes. Uh, uh, Southern Maryland and uh, and then North Carolina. Oh, so you're going to have copious amounts of crab cakes. Yes, absolutely. Lovely. As much crab as I can possibly cram into this. 
uh, into this body. So yeah, so I'll be missing those ones. Um, but then it is back uh, away at LAFC Sunday, August 25th. I'll be back for that game. Um, so I'll cover that one. And then uh, you have... We're all going to that one. At Seattle. <laughs> you have at Colorado. You have home to Sporting Kansas City, home to Montreal, away to Real Salt Lake, home to Vancouver, and away to the Houston Dynamo at the very end. The schedule gets friendly towards the end. It does, but there are so many games coming up. Um, we sort of listed them off and showed it. There are five games in August. There are six games in September. One game in October for right now until you get to the playoffs. September's pretty brutal. September's brutal. Six yeah, games is brutal to close it out. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Galaxy can sort of cope with that. Um, all right. I think we're ready to talk about Atlanta United. Are you ready to talk about Atlanta United? I am ready. Okay. we. I, I, Sophie seems to be ready for her, her dramatic reading. Oh, wow. I forgot about this. Yes. Okay. You can, uh, you can handle this, I'm sure. Um, so uh, here we go. Uh, the LA Galaxy take on Atlanta United coming up on Saturday. Here is uh, Sophie with her uh, dramatic preview. And that's not it. You're not allowed to use that song. <laughs> that's twice now. Where's I think? my Quentin Tarantino yeah, I was gonna cinematic say, it's, it's, it's coming. Okay, S- there we go. Okay, we're ready. Okay, here we go. In three, two, we'll edit all that out, I'm sure. All sure. right, here we go. Three, two, and one. Uh, let's see, where are we going? Where's it? Coming off a devastating loss against Portland. No Zlatan, no Polenta, no Alvarez. In fact, who the heck is playing? Hotlanta won last year, but they've been pretty average this year. They're good at home. They'll protect their base. Will LA show up? It's Jekyll and Hyde this season. It could be that the stadium food is better than the actual game. Tune in. Yes, I love it. I love it. Get me all fired up over here. Whenever I actually hit the right button, everything works out well. See? This is why I stay out of these from now on. I am so not... I'm not going to, no. I had to get food in there because the food in Atlanta is actually really good. Is it? Is it really? It's, I yes. can see. Well, I was in Atlanta not last year. Um, I did have some good food. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I mean, it's it is. It's going to be so, I mean, you know, luckily they're playing under a closed roof, right? Yes. yes. Because oof, it's smoking hot this time of year. It's very sweaty. Yeah. It, oh, man. That was, Zlatan was wearing long sleeves in Orlando and it's like humid and hot. And I'm just like, dude, don't wear long sleeves in Orlando. That seems like a bad yeah. idea. How's the room doing? How's everyone? Is everyone enjoying the show is they, everyone is everyone bit well behaved how's everyone doing you just got a sophie is amazing tweet oh I mean, wow or, was uh, that larry yeah <laughs> yeah it's not larry um you did also get followed up with not as good as hammer though so you, they're keeping you in your place Listen, i didn't want you to think that I you mean, know it, i'm going to take a while to pass hammer on this kind of stuff i've stopped trying that's why i just sit you know, here and he's press got buttons it down. now i don't yeah. even do that very well um all right the la galaxy coming off against atlanta united uh 12 9 and 1 for the la galaxy 37 points 11 9 and 3 for atlanta united 37 Six points. Uh, the home record for uh, let's just do the way away record for the LA Galaxy four five and one thirteen points. The home record for Atlanta eight one and three. Just that one loss um, all season. The last five games the LA Galaxy are two three and zero. Oh, so looking at two at the recent form. Remember I told you the last eight games they're basically one four of the last eight and they did it by going win loss win loss win loss well back and forth. Them. They're a seesaw. So. If you're looking at the seesaw, they win against Atlanta because they just lost against Portland, obviously. Duh. Yes. Easy easy game to pick. Atlanta at home, though. It's yeah. It's a tough one. Atlanta, three wins last eight games. They've won two of their last three, however, so they are a little bit more uh, on the pace. And by the way, probably should have beat LAFC. Um, there were some dubious offside goals in that game, uh, just like there were in the LA Galaxy game with uh, with LAFC as well. And it's not all rosy in Atlanta. Let's be honest, people, right? Oh. Frank DeBoer, who yes. had some wonderful years at Ajax, and I loved him as a player, but... You know, there seems to be some uh, argy-bargy going on in that dressing room. There seem to be a couple of uh, upset players. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that LA Galaxy are going to beat Atlanta at home. That's unlikely. However, the wheels are coming off a little bit 
with that inconsistency on the road for them. They, and that's coming from somewhere. Yeah, it's coming from... And there was also sort of complaints at the MLS All-Star game from some of the top players for Atlanta. They were talking about Frank and they were sort of like, listen, whenever Frank came in, we got away from what we were trying to do. But don't worry, we're fixing it now. Like the players are fixing it. And like I'm like, oh, for Of course they are. All right, cool. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> like a good thing. Um, little interesting stat here. The Galaxy have never scored a goal against Atlanta United. Uh, know, they, it's poor. It, they, 180 minutes of shutouts. It's only twice, right? And only you don't have those other three players too. Yeah, yeah, that's... Well, listen, I'll tell you right now, Efrain Alvarez is not the one you're crying over. No. Uh, it's Diego Polenta and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and, and those are the ones. Um, and, and then you have Joseph Martinez. Joseph Martinez is actually on a goal-scoring streak that is a, a little ridiculous at the current moment. Uh, he scored in eight consecutive games. He now holds the all-time uh, lead for consecutive games with a goal. Um, so he did it in 2018. He did nine consecutive games with a goal. And in 2019 right now, he's at eight. And if he scores against the LA Galaxy, which seems likely, I'm just going yes. to say, uh, if he scores again, he'll tie his own record. Um, that he set. So Diego Valeri's on that uh, the, on that list. Uh, the only LA Galaxy player I could find was uh, Carlos Ruiz, but it was actually done with Dallas and not the LA Galaxy whenever he had seven consecutive games. So really, that's not a stat that we can shout about. No, that's not something you should be excited about. I'd no. also point out that uh, Julian Kressel has uh, had his seventh assist of the season, um, He and that's his third in three games, and third in three consecutive games. So he's had one in the last, each of the last three games. So he's looking really good as well. Here's the crazy thing. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, dear. Everybody talks about how the LA Galaxy are too dependent on Zlatan Ibrahimovic, right? I mean, we've he's heard it. He's got a stat coming out now, people. We've heard it a million times. I'm actually looking for the stat as I, as I go through here because I know I pulled it somewhere. I don't think um, they're as bad without him, to be honest. I think there's... Gab Montoya talks about that all the time, doesn't he? About um, Yeah, they're not. And I agree. I don't think they're as bad as... But everybody talks about how they're too reliant on Zlatan Ibrahimovic because if you look at the LA Galaxy's leading goal scorers, the, the leading goal scorer is Zlatan Ibrahimovic with 16. And then, oh, who's, who's second? Oh, it's Dan Starris way down there with three goals. Here is Atlanta Everyone's United. Everyone's favorite player. Here is Atlanta United. <laughs> Joseph Martinez currently has 17 goals, one more than Zlatan Ibrahimovic. The next person on that list is Ezekiel Barco with four goals. So... The difference here is that Barco with four goals and Julian Gressel with four goals. Um, they, ha they have contributors there with like a handful of goals here and a handful of goals there. But the disparity is the same number in terms of who's scoring all the goals and then everybody else. Now, again, Atlanta Where is... Where are you going with this? I'm just sort of saying that as much as the people criticize the LA Galaxy mm -hmm. for just being too reliant on Zlatan Ibrahimovic, they don't criticize Joseph Martinez for being the only goal scorer for Atlanta United, and he is. That's fair. So if you're going to go after... Atlanta but he's United. playing in the game. He is going to play. So it'll be easier <laughs> to stop Zlatan in this particular game than it will be to stop Joseph Martinez. But if the LA Galaxy are smart, and this is this is, this is is one of those game plans where you go, yeah, oh, well, it's easy. It's the same thing with if you want to stop the LA Galaxy, shut down Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Well, how do you do that? Well, basically, if you shut down the passing lane instead of any crosses that come into him, you can stop Zlatan because if the ball comes into him, he can score. Yes. Right? Either so that, that or you kung fu kick him. Yeah, that works too. So with Joseph Martinez, the same thing. Stop Joseph Martinez from how scoring. Gonna, how how is that going to happen? No idea. That's not. I know that's way above my pay grade. I can't. I can't figure all. I'm this sure stuff everyone out. in the room will come up with the plan. They, but uh, that's the toughest part. And he's playing at home, and you know that's his wonderland. So it's going to be really difficult. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think LA Galaxy will score first. Oh my and god! And we'll all get, get a really goal. excited. Right. And then you know other stuff will happen, which I don't want to talk about. If they score first, there's a 
there's a here's here's the thing. The Galaxy are gonna if they do the if let's pretend for a second that you're correct, they're gonna score mm-hmm. first. They're gonna score way too early for it to be like even remotely comfortable. Absolutely. It won't come at the end of the first half nope. where you're like, Oh, that's a momentum changer. It'll come inside the first Eight four minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you're gonna sit there and go, Oh man, now now there's uh-huh. you know, eighty something minutes of uh, of play left, eighty two minutes of play that you have to watch the LA Galaxy defend and try to like, you know, steal a game. That's a way to steal a game. It's just it's not the comfortable way. Um, for me, if you look at the possession that uh, that Atlanta had against LAFC, it was very even. It was almost split 50-50. So Atlanta's going to have the possession in this game. And they suffered early. Yeah, they and they did. They found a way back. Um, I think that if you're not looking... Enough, but they found a way yeah, back. I know. Just, yeah, there were just, two, two offside goals and a penalty kick. Yes. Little, mm. Anyway, so in my, in my mind... If you had Zlatan in this game, it actually really works well for it because mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of counterattacking opportunities. You get to play very direct. The Galaxy are better when they play direct. Um, so all those things. But without him, now you're looking at different lineups and how Who's you can possibly... start up front? I think that you're probably going to see something very similar to the Minnesota game, which the Minnesota game was one of the quote-unquote best games the Galaxy played. Mm-hmm. Zlatan Ibrahimovic didn't play. Uh, they ended up winning that game 3-2, but were winning that game 3-0 in the second half and mm-hmm. were running away with the game and then collapsed a little bit towards the end, but, but played very well. And Tuna up top, you could mm-hmm. have somebody like Chris Pontius on the right-hand side or Sebastian Legette on the right-hand side, and you have Boateng on the left, so you basically go with a three-man front. Mm-hmm. Um, you can then put Joe Corona and Fabio Alvarez and Jonathan Dos Santos in the center, so there's mm-hmm. your other three. You go with a four-man back line of, I would put Dave Romney at left back, but they're probably going to start Jorgen Shelvick because they just they don't I like do. Dave Romney. Um, so, uh, you know, you go to left back with Jorgen Shelvick. Um, without Diego Polenta there, you have Gio Carlo Gonzalez, Dan Stairs, um, Rolf Felcher, or Julian Araujo on the right-hand side, and David Bingham in there. I mean, that, to me, makes sense. And with all the healthy bodies they have, Pontius is back. He can play. I think he's going to have a say in this game. He can. I think that... Um, I don't know that you can start him, so that's no. one of the, that's one of the things. So you know, Legette can come in and start sort of maybe at that winger position, and then you could play somebody else. So the, anyway, you can figure that out. But there, it's going to be tough. But there are players that can come in and do a job, and that's what the LA Galaxy did against Club Tijuana. They did a job. They got a result, and this is what they have to do against Atlanta. Just do, it's the Bill Belichick school of coaching. Just do your job. Nothing more. Nothing less in this game. The the big thing that that if you watch the game. Um, LAFC in Atlanta. It was a 4-3-3 against this 3-5-1-1 or a 3-5-2, however you want to look at that, um, with Pity Martinez underneath Joseph Martinez. Um, so you, you sort of saw that, but um, you know, LAFC did a good job of controlling the midfield, even with technically a lack of numbers in the midfield. You have to look for something for the Galaxy to do that as well, is to make the midfield very difficult to break down and play in, play in behind um, if, if you're going to stop Atlanta United. Yeah, Dos Santos has to boss this game. You know, for he has to show up. I don't feel like he's. I know last time I said he's a little bit overrated. Uh-huh. Which you, uh huh. You yeah, know, and you got you got flack for it too, I didn't did. you? I yes. got flack for Good. it. Good, but it's got to be. I guess what I mean is he has to be consistent. He's got the talent. He's a really good player. He's got to be more consistent. Yeah, I, th- I think he can be. Um, it depends on what position they're going to play him in. If they're going to make him a central defensive midfielder in this game, which he probably will have to play, he's just not going to get that far forward. He's they, a footballer. Play football. Play be consistent. Just as, as Bruce Arena would say, the formation is only the starting position. Thank you. It's 11 players versus 11 players. Exactly. All right? That's how it goes. All right. Uh, some quick quotes uh, that we had from some of the players. Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, was out at training on Wednesday. Uh, talked to GBS about this Atlanta match. Uh, GBS says it's a big challenge. They are defending MLS champions, and they have really good players in Barco and Martinez. We need to get some points. It's definitely a big challenge. Uh, speaking about Legette, he says, uh, 
or, or Legit, speaking about the Atlanta match, says, we just have to stay together and get back to basics. Run more than them, pass better, just create chances and score. I know we're going to miss Ibra. He's a key player for us, but I think we have more than enough. Uh, Legit continues on the team's inconsistencies. He says, we've had guys missing. Ramon Alessandrini hasn't been available because of his injury. Little things like that throws your team off. We just have to keep our composure. It's been a little frustrating and that we haven't been as consistent as we'd like to, but we're still in a good position, thankfully. We just have to look on the bright side of things and take it day uh, by day. Yeah, and uh, stop giving the ball away. That will help. Yeah, don't do not do that. Don't, I, mean, I think, you know, you know just a, a tip from me. Create chances, score goals, limit, don't give the ball away. limit chances on the other side, don't allow them to score goals. I think we have a recipe for, uh, for disaster. Listen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's going to be hard, but yes, uh, you know, don't give the ball away cheaply. Yeah, it's... It's listen, happened a lot this season. So if you are going to... Uh, predict the outcome of this game, an outcome that is sure to be incorrect. Um, yeah. Uh, where do you put the scoreline for this LA Galaxy team? I think this could be 3 1 to Atlanta. That's what my gut says. My heart says that if LA play the same way with passion and belief as they did in the League's Cup game and in, in you know, in some other games that we've seen them this season when they have missed out on on having their their, their ball winners uh, playing. There's no reason why they can't walk out of there with a 2-2 when you see how Atlanta played against LAFC. Yes, that was away from home and they're a completely different team at home. But I don't know. There's something about this LAF, uh, LA Galaxy team where you just don't know what you're going to get. It's a little bit like the box of chocolates. Yes, you yes. Know? Uh, so, uh, you know, I, do I think they'll win? Probably not. Um, can they get a draw? Absolutely. That, that only their second draw all year if they got it. I always said if you're predicting because a draw in any of these games. Because you just did that whole thing yeah, on the where draw. They, where they, they're yeah. guaranteed to maybe get a draw. Maybe get a draw. Who knows? Maybe Guaranteed to maybe get a draw. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Uh, yeah, if I'm looking at this game, I think the Galaxy lose. I think it's a 2-0 you know, game, a 3-0 game. Here's the problem is if the Galaxy get behind early... It's, again, it falls into the same sort of category of them trying to get back in the game, overcommitting on offense, and then what does that do? If they can score first, which is you know a stupid stat whenever you look at it and how good the LA Galaxy are when they score first, but if you score first, you can escape there with a point. I think Atlanta's going to score goals. I think the Galaxy's defense can handle Atlanta up to a certain point. I actually think the LA Galaxy's defense is one of the better in the league. I know people laugh at me all the time, but it seems to be like it's still sort of going. Um, so anyway, I, I feel like they're built enough that they can get a result in all of this. So uh, that's sort of where we go right now. So people, uh, Philip in the chat room says 5-5 five, five draw. Uh, oh, 5-5. So five, five. Ten goals. Apparently there's Holy no defense. Cow. No that's defense, no defense in that game. Well, yeah. you know, he probably saw the LAFC game, so he's thinking between LA Galaxy's defense and Atlanta's offense, that, that can easily happen. All right, so uh, that's where we sit on the end of that. Let me close it up with, uh, again, Pavone sort of talk because we had to sort of talk through some stuff that is happening, um, you know, in, in terms of breaking news and whether or not that's true. Um, I would say that, you know, it, it seems that it could be, ha it could actually happen. Um, the closer this gets to the trade deadline or, the, or the, the cutoff date, the window closing, I actually believe it could happen. It gets a higher likelihood of happening. It seems like the LA Galaxy have been extremely focused on that. That being said, you know, I didn't receive any any confirmation throughout this uh, podcast. And so that means keep checking Twitter and Facebook and all those places. So that way uh, you can be kept up to date. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll do our best to whenever we have information, we will share that information. It's not going to be the same as just going on Twitter and seeing people, random people tweet things. Um, but whenever 
whenever all this is said and done, uh, you know, we're going to have a, a pretty good idea of where it is and how it shook out. And until that happens, um, you know, we're sort of left in, in limbo. I thought I had 20 bucks on me and I was going to put a bet with you that oh, this happened. That this happened. I would, well, see, I, I wouldn't even take that bet. I still think it's going to happen. I just don't know if it has happened yet. It's one of those. Yes. I think ultimately this ends up happening. Yes. I just don't see any other way. Unless, unless Boca Juniors literally sits there and says, no, we don't want your money. Because that's the only way that this doesn't happen. Because I don't think there's he's going anywhere else. Um, so anyway, so that's just a little disclaimer before we head off and sort of uh, talk about uh, other things and, and close out the show. I want you to understand that uh, this podcast, as soon as it's done, is outdated uh, as in terms of Pavone. <laughs> yeah, so don't send Josh any horrible notes. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Uh, but follow me on Twitter. That's that's where I'll give you the latest information if I can find it. Um, so just, again, keep an eye on that. This is an, We've seen it go seven different ways in seven different days. So it's going to go back and forth, and eventually we might be able to figure this stuff out. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm, I, I did get a text message. I should probably at least look at it. He's going to look at the text message right now, which is the Uber yeah. Eats that he ordered like half an hour ago, um, which is probably on its way. Yeah. So anyway, nothing Nothing no, to, no. I, again, more questions, <laughs> more questions, less answers, uh, more questions, less answers. So again, um, you know, until I can actually confirm this with anybody, you're going to see me giving you sort of, okay, this is what the sources are saying, um, but that's what other people are saying and not what I have on there. All right. That's just a little little cleanup stuff on there. All right. Is there anything else that we want to get to? No, I just want to tell LA Galaxy fans to just believe because I do believe this team is built for the playoffs. So as long as they can stay up there, anything can happen. Don't lose faith right. in your team. You, you're giving, I this like, is coming from an Arsenal fan. I, I like to like crush them at the <laughs> end of shows. I like to, to give them realistic oh, expectations destroy. of what's happening. Yeah, and I sort of like to break them down mm. right at the end. So that way they have to you know come back for more therapy. But you're giving them hope. I, maybe that works. I don't know. Eric does that too, so it's okay. No. Okay. Um, Just trying to keep up with Eric's magic. He, he does. Listen, I can honestly can't tell you. There are people right now who jumped up and down that I predicted them to lose because I've been so opposite of everything <laughs> that you know I predicted them to lose to LA. FC and they're, they're like ah oh. and then Listen, I said no expectations and then I said oh they could they could beat they could beat Portland I could see them beating Portland okay so I there mean, we go for a while it looked real yeah for, for, for 20, about 30 something minutes, minutes. Yeah, yeah yeah however that went all right uh why don't you tell people where they can find you because you have a lot of fun places that uh you're around and uh we'll get I on do. there yes you can find me on Twitter at Soccer Diva and you can also find me at Highbury Squad if you're into the Premier League and uh, a little bit of Arsenal and everybody and I also contribute on TalkSport as well so hopefully we'll be able to continue our conversation and uh, yeah come say hi alright that's great thanks Sophie we certainly appreciate Thank you you, for uh, having you stopping by alright uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter it's at Jay Gessman J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N of course at Galaxy Podcast uh, looking for any of our uh, podcasts any of our articles head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com that's where all that information can be found shows on Monday or sometimes Sunday depends on how we're going but Sunday and Monday and then of course uh, we usually get you a midweek or a Thursday show as well so just pay attention to the schedule as it comes up as I mentioned I will be on vacation missing about two shows it looks like right now um, in the middle of the month but uh, I'll do my best to keep you guys informed and updated uh, uh, but head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Click that live button and you can see that schedule as well. All right. I think that about does it. Uh, I'm Josh Gessman. And for Miss Sophie Nicolau, thanks so much for uh, coming in. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. And we will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy.
And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.